The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. So if you know anything about us here at the Response Suite office, we like to have systems and processes for absolutely everything. We say, we say that, but this was the most complicated start of any podcast recording ever. Everything that could go wrong just went wrong. Just went wrong. And luckily our guest today has been very, very patient. Please welcome my co-host for the episode, as ever, the man who at school, in order to make himself look more cool, wore a Bluetooth headset. It's hypnotist extraordinaire, Robert Temple. Yay. And uh, please welcome my co-host, the man who doesn't like the feeling of dry sponge it's the mind reader the one the only it's kennedy let's start the show robin kennedy can get inside your head now they can help you see how your subscribers think instead you've got to live can't wait to tell them this <laughs> what just happened there robert What's wrong with us today? The email marketing show. Hello, welcome to the email marketing show. Today we want to tell you, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see something wonderful just happened while I we just, were playing uh, the jingle. So then. I've recently given up drinking Pepsi and Coke and all that stuff, but I'm having <laughs> I'm having an off day because I've just had one. But I've just spilled it down myself during the introduction. <laughs> and there's no cool way to co- recover from that. <laughs> yourself down that's amazing wow anyway wow. Uh, yes. all of the professionalism of this episode is going to be clawed back by our guest today now our guest today did one of the f- the, the following few things i want you to okay. try and guess it kennedy sure. was, one of these things is true either he was almost called othello because his mother is such a huge fan of shakespeare or it was almost called othello yeah that was going to be his name all mm-hmm. right okay or he didn't eat any <laughs> chocolate or crisps or any sweet stuff like that for 10 years after a new year's resolution went horribly wrong Okay, wow. And the third one is, he once rented an entire cinema screen for his girlfriend's birthday and forgot to invite her to it. (laughs) Uh, Knowing Gav as I do, I think it was the third one about renting an entire cinema screen and uh, forgot to invite people to it. Was it that one? Gav, welcome to the Email Marketing Show. Which of those things was true? It was the second one. Chocolate and crisps. What happened? How the hell did that happen? I want to know, Kennedy, what do you mean, knowing me as I do, forgetting my, <laughs> to invite my girlfriend? <laughs> Just because you're a busy lad, you know what I mean? Like, you're busy. You're busy, but I was wrong, so knowing you as I don't, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> what happened with the... How did it go horribly wrong? That mean you couldn't eat chocolate and crisps? Yeah, me, me, well, me and my brother decided we'd have a bit of a competition who could, uh, who could not eat chocolate, not eat crisps uh, for a full year. And um, he lasted about three weeks, and... I lasted the whole year and then I got competitive against myself and I was like, well, I can't eat chocolate or crisps anymore. Can I? And it became this like really um, over the top thing where I remember uh, getting a chocolate cake for my 18th birthday in a restaurant, a whole restaurant singing happy birthday oh comes to me, put it in front of me and I have to be like, sorry guys, I can't eat that. And it lasted up until a few years ago where I was like, you know what? I fancy a bit of chocolate. This is, this is getting out of hand. To so be it fair, to be fair, I have eaten the quantity of crisps and chocolate that you didn't eat for the entirety of that 10-year Look at you, with your, pub, your, your public service, Jimmy. Along with four or five other people who were also taking the same challenge as you. 
So it's uh, it's all good. I've put balance and harmony back in the world. One, now, of, one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about is, I know when our assistant and uh, content marketing person here at the office, Grace, was first joining us, we asked her to go around and take a look at different people's lists and get on people's lists in order to look at what other people are doing in the world of email marketing here. And one of the lists she joined was yours. And we didn't know you then. We didn't know you then. And one of the things she commented on was how good that first email she got from you was. It was so compelling that she became really indoctrinated and really excited about receiving your other emails. And I think that first welcome email is something that a lot of us just sort of overlook a little bit and take for granted. Yeah, totally. I think the, you know, the first welcome email, if somebody signs up to a free guide or something, that first welcome email always gets a higher open rate than any of the other emails that you'll ever send that person. Uh, And so in that first welcome email, it's so important to do a few things. First of all, introduce that person into you because if they've come from paid ads or other sources, chances are they don't know who you are. So you need to introduce them to you and why you're important, but do it in a, in a non-dickish way. Yeah. You then also need to give them that thing that they've uh, downloaded or, or signed up for. And also I like to then also make an offer at that point to try and get them into the next step of my funnel. And I think, you know, my welcome email is something that I've worked on for four or five years since, since the early days, and it's just changed and changed and changed and improved and improved over time to try and get better at doing those three things. But you're totally right. The, the introduction email so overlooked because it's when we've got the most attention with the person reading it yeah. and an email marketing that's, I mean, attention is the asset there. Yeah. I mean, that's something we talk about a lot is that first email is where you've got such great attention, then it drops off really quickly if you're not careful. One of the things that I know I'm guilty of, and that's why I'm particularly interested in, in this chat is uh, if I've got four or five different lead magnets or whatever, and they're all on four or five different landing pages, and I'm going to be driving some ads across to that one and some different ads for across to that one. I know that when it comes to building out that first email sequence, that what I do is I go into my Infusionsoft, which happens to be the platform I'm using. I'll clone the email from that one and I'll just reword it. And I know almost off by heart that email says, hi, first name. Thanks for opting it. Thanks for requesting my free something, something. And the wording is exactly the same. From, which means that if over time somebody opts in for this over there and then they opt in for that over there, they're actually that first email is literally, it's beyond a template. Like it's the same word but with the same email with just the title. I hope you haven't like switched between good niche and bad niche. So I hope you're not like gone from like celebratory events to like funerals. Congratulations on the <laughs> death of your husband. <laughs> Unfortunately. So I suppose, are you, are you still talking about the email that delivers the free thing itself? Or are you thinking about that, you know, maybe a different email that's designed more like that indoctrination sequence that a lot of people talk about. We have the getting to know you sequence. Where does this fit? Is this to deliver the thing? This is to deliver the thing. Yeah. And and the thing that I like to do with that initial email and arguably the, the thing that's had the biggest impact for me is to give them the thing that they've signed up for at the end of the email. Mm. So it's, Hey John, whatever, get into that. I do like start off with thanks for downloading whatever it is that you are agreeing, signing up to this thing, getting into a story about why that thing is interesting to you. So I'm not saying a rags to riches story per se, but some sort of story that relates you to the reason that you've created that guide. And is that to create the the frame of authority in your reason why? Yeah, exactly. And and, and, in Rob's example there, that's your opportunity to differentiate between the 
different lead magnets of so the different opt-ins there. You're saying, thanks for downloading this thing. And then you might be telling the same story, but you want to change the narrative a little bit based on the thing that that person's downloading. So this is a problem I had. This is why, I, this is the journey I've been on. And this is the thing that I've created as a result. Once you've told that story and you've gotten them, you've, they're, they're going to be reading that email because like we say, we've got their attention. They've just signed up for that thing. So that immediately you're indoctrinating them into who you are, why you're authoritative before you're actually giving them the thing that they signed up for. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So we've got this email, very short opening that says, hey, thanks for downloading the thing. Mm -hmm. This thing will help you to big benefit here. So it's, it's restating the benefit. Yeah. yeah. Do you now tell them that they can get the link to it as further down in the email or are you going to let them f hunt for it? In other words, is there a risk if you're not careful that somebody may read that bit and go, uh, okay, well, where is it? at that point. Yeah. So how do you handle that? I, I actually tell them. So, so I'll say, thanks for downloading the thing. It's at the bottom of this email. Then get into that Perfect. story. That Before you get about. to that, now we're going to tell okay. the story. And okay. now what happens? Yeah. And then one of my other favorite emails in a sequence is actually the second email, which I will send out. It's, it's arguably a kind of join on to the first one. Mm. Um, and it goes out maybe 12 hours later. So not even a full day. Mm. And this, the, it's the most simple email ever. The, the subject line is thoughts, question mark. I don't even capitalize the T. And then I just, in the email, one, one line say, hey, I, th I saw you downloaded the XYZ. What did you think of it? Question mark, name, done. And you're trying to elicit a, a reply there. Exactly. I think in email marketing, Understandably, we are trying to get people to buy something, convert in some sort. Uh, but I also think that we all, all oftentimes overlook starting a dialogue with somebody. Create up the, we create these sequences, big, long, 30-day, one-year-long sequences, hoping that they were just going to churn out sales. Yeah. But one thing we, we don't understand is email at the end of the day is a conversation. And starting a dialogue, even if it's just somebody saying, sending that email, someone getting back and saying, I really enjoyed the blueprint. I'm struggling with X. Though that Them getting back to you there creates and starts a dialogue, which then gives you the ability in a more authoritative state to pitch them your product or service that you're ultimately trying to sell. Okay. That's cool. Okay. So you now have opened that conversation. It's now a two-way conversation rather than you sort of broadcasting at someone, I suppose. Actually, just, a, just off topic, really, but it's an interesting mindset shift for us. I've never really thought about it before. Obviously, I do sometimes invite people to reply to my emails. Mm -hmm. There's something built into our getting to know you sequence that does that. Um, so I suppose if you just in your own mind think of this less as I have the ability to just broadcast these messages out mm -hmm. and you think about more, just think about it. That's how email's supposed to work. I mean, can you imagine if you had a friend or a colleague or a business partner or somebody who emailed you, I don't know, 100, 200, 300 times over the course of a year and you didn't reply to any emails? Like it, it <laughs> would be such a, a, relationship, such a weird it? dynamic, but actually yeah. that's the, that's the, that's, that could be the the feeling mm. that your subscribers have if you don't any. I think that's the feeling that most of us get when we're when we're subscribed to anybody's mailing list. You're like, yeah, it doesn't. Really, the fact that you feel as a, as a recipient of these emails, you feel that it doesn't matter if you open that email because you're just a number inside of someone's database. But anyway, let's let's rewind back to the content of this all important welcome. We'll call it the welcome email for the sake of 
shorthandedness here. So we're going to deliver, we're going to tell them, acknowledge the fact that that thing's at the bottom and that's going to be in that email. We're going to then move into why it's relevant to us and how we came about it or why we're in a position to talk about it or we're going to resell them on the benefits of all that sort of good stuff. What else do you put in that email that you think is so important? Yeah, I think, I mean, the three elements I described are are the three things that you want to get across. So okay. you've got the thank you, very short. Then you get into the story. Then you give them the thing that they want. Mm -hmm. And then what I also like to do is prompt them for what they're going to receive in the upcoming emails. So you're I like opening to be, a loop now, aren't you? You're sort of saying this is what to look forward to. Yeah, and I, I think with email marketing, we everybody knows when they sign up to something, they're going to be getting... Uh, added to a newsletter. They're going to be getting, they're going to get frequent emails. They know that. And I, I think a lot of people try and hide away from that fact a little bit too much and try and make their emails seem like they're from the person themselves, which can be a good tactic. But I, I like to be straight up with everybody and say, look, you've downloaded this free guide. Now I'm actually going to send you content over the next few weeks, maybe one, I, I can't remember how much, I think I send every five, in the initial sequence every day, and then it goes to every five days. So I, I draw that out, I'll um, make it clear for them. I say, hey, look, because you signed up to this, you obviously have an interest in X. And so I'm going to send you some free resources that I think are really going to help you achieve X and Y. Be sure to keep out, be sure to look out for those. By the way, the next one, which you'll get tomorrow is titled and then I give them the title of the Love next that. one. Really, really nice little tip there to get to, to tell them what the subject line to look out for. Now, the other thing you, you mentioned that you sometimes do in these welcome emails is to make some kind of offer. So how where does that fit into this? Because obviously the first thing you want them to do really is to go and download the thing they opted in for, perhaps. Or the other option is that they could go and purchase something. Are you going to actually spell out the whole offer in the email? Or are you going to say, oh, by the way, I've got this other thing you might like and do it quite blindly? Like how do, how prescriptive and how much real estate of that email do you take up to make the offer? Yeah, great question. Well, first of all, what, what we need to understand is what are they receiving as they go through the funnel before they get the email? So right. for me, every single time I've got an opt-in page, like a free guide, the thank you page is always trying to sell them on to the next thing. Okay. So the next offer, whether currently that's going to be a um, trial to my membership site. So they should, by the time that they receive that welcome email, have an understanding on what the next step that I want them to take is. Now, I don't want to pee them off and go overly salesy in that initial email. So what I like to do is say, here's your blueprint and, and here's why you should get it, the free guide. Also, you would have seen on the thank you page that we've got this trial for the membership site. Be sure to take a look out at that just now. And I also link that in, I link it there. So I, I don't, in the initial email, use a whole lot of real estate to try and pitch that product because I know I'm going to be pitching it to them in the following days. And the thing, at the end of the day, the thing they've signed up for there and then is the blueprint. I've given them, given them the option to sign up to that on the thank you page. So before they get the email. And so I'm just kind of giving them a subtle little nudge there to say, hey, look, remember this and if you want to. And also try and tie that back to, so the offer that you make, try and tie it back to the thing that they've just downloaded. So make it the next logical step kind of thing. Exactly. So today I was putting the finishing touches on a seven day challenge on how to create your own funnel. Now I'm saying, 
by the way, if you want to get even more training, even more support, one-on-one advice from me, then you can join the, the membership on this seven-day trial. So it's making that thing that they're signing up to and that offer almost a no-brainer. Right, but right. doing it in a kind of subtle way in that welcome email. I like that. And, and in terms of your welcome email style, is it very personality filled with loads of graphics and logos and GIFs and, and stuff? Or is it plain text? Where do you sit on? Because you're trying to achieve quite a bit in that email and we all want to achieve lots. And how many of us, I'm sure you, Rob, have done this maybe where you, you, you write your welcome email. You want to say so much, you want to introduce them to you and your brand and the reason why and, and all of this stuff. But you've got to stop at some point. Right. And not overwhelm them because we know that people are not going to read like a 15,000 word email. A couple of focus points is really. Sure, yeah. So layout-wise, how do you keep it interesting so that it really communicates value, personality, gets them on board and moves them through? Yeah, my um, style from email marketing has always been zero graphics. And literally the email that they receive would be the exact same style and format as if I was just to write an email to them in Gmail right now. Uh, And the reason for that is... I want them to feel like, and I will say this in the PS and I'll say, like Rob, you mentioned hit reply and and you'll actually get to me is I'll say that in my emails. And I feel like from, I'm looking at my own consumer behavior here really to determine what I do from an email marketing point of view is if I get an email that's got a ton of graphics and things going on to the point where like Gmail won't even open it properly. I'm just like, this is so impersonal and if I was to unsubscribe or reply, I feel like I wouldn't even get a response. Whereas if I get an email that's, in, in my opinion, if I get an email that's written like it'd be written, I know it's a bot or I know it's coming from an email marketing uh, piece of software, but I just feel like it feels a little bit more personable. And I, I try and become, I, I try and let those people know when they sign up to the list that I'm there to actually help them. And if they want to hit reply, if they've got any questions, then they can do that. Hmm. This One of the questions this raises for me, and it's a dilemma I actually have right now. Come is on, Robert, tell us about it. I have it set so that when I send emails to my list, it comes from hello at and then my website. And when you reply to that, that's the ticket. That's the email address I use to open support tickets at my support desk and all of that stuff. And the reason is what I'd like to try and do, I have tried to do, is to keep one central place where customer communication happens, and that's the customer support desk. Right. Now, they never really see the customer support desk particularly. I don't have it email them to say we've opened you a ticket or any of that stuff because for that particular niche, which is B2C rather than B2B, they may not be familiar with what a support desk is and all of that stuff. But it does mean that the process of watching tickets go back and forth by email for them, it has things like click here to go and look at your ticket status and stuff like that. So I suppose what I'm trying to say is when you have somebody reply to your emails, does that go to the same place that all of your customer support happens? Do you handle that within your email inbox? And does that get cluttered? How do you keep that so it's streamlined for you, but also a good experience for them? Yeah, so I personally have any replies that come in from that sequence come to my direct email. Um, and that's, a, I guess it's a personal choice in that I want to have one-on-one dialogue with the people that are coming to me. Now, if people respond to my emails and they then happen to be, you can always tell, maybe a potential client for the agency or they are interested in um, hiring me to speak at their event. So it's an actual like business it's it's not so much the small business owner that's looking for advice and maybe onto a membership, which is kind of my core audience, but it's, you know, a, a larger uh, client or somebody that's looking for a speaking gig. That's when I'll typically direct them over to, or I'll get my assistant to, to reply to them and then she'll handle it from there. 
Um, so it's all done currently by me. Whether that's the right or wrong thing to do, I don't know. But I quite like being able to have that one-on-one dialogue with the people that are downloading There's no rights and wrongs. My things. There's just yeah. what works, isn't and there? There's, there nothing, no and there's nothing wrong with having it come from a different, slightly different from address, depending on the phase in that in right. that sequence as well. I do have an email in one of my sequences. It's the one that we call the at me, sequ- at me email, which is the one that's getting the reply, which comes from my email address. And it says Kennedy-personal so that they know right. it's coming from a slightly different thing. And again, that's got all the graphics stripped out. That's really, really interesting. So inside of that one email, we're kind of addressing quite a lot of stuff. Love this it. has been great, really great insight into how you structure that that opening welcome email that got Grace here in our office so blooming excited uh, before we even knew each other. So very, very cool. So now it's time to swing over and find out your subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. That's right. Subject line of the week. I think it's the subject line of the week. I think it might be. We said it twice. What's your subject line of the week, Gav? So one subject line that I have used in the past, and it was the only subject line that I've ever used that has had people share it on social media, was funnel hack me dry. Oh. <laughs> and let's talk about the premise of that email, I guess. And why do you think it worked so well? Yeah, it was um, so the, the email itself was essentially me giving away a couple of templates to the funnels that I use. So people were downloading my my guides on Facebook ads, for example, and then I was saying, hey, look, if you want these funnels, you can go and get them here. Um, okay. Now, in the ClickFunnels community, they use the term funnel hack yeah. to, to kind of copy someone else's funnel. And um, I think it worked so well because it was kind of... Uh, it was like sexualized, but yeah, not naughty, sexualized it? It at the same time. It was naughty. A naughty yeah. little badger. Naughty. And um, it always got uh, a response. The responses that I got, it was it was polarizing is, right. is a good way to say. Because yeah. I had some people that were sharing on social being like, this is the best email I've ever had. And then some people were applying being like, I do not want to receive this style of email at my work. And I was like, well, hit subscribe then, mate. So <laughs> it was very polarizing yeah. and um, it's by far the most uh, kind of feedback, good and bad, that I've ever had from an email. And based on that, would you, have you continued to send sort of sexual innuendo type email subject lines or has that made you stop doing it? It's, uh, being totally honest, I've, I've not gone either way, actually. it's um, It's just been an email that sat in my kind of initial sequence that people get after downloading my guide. Um, but now that you say it, I think I should probably roll out some more naughty subject lines because they, they obviously work. Yeah, I love that. That was Gav's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Yes, sir. So finally, dude, to wrap up this episode, tell us where to go. Where to go? Where to go? Well, best place to find me is mrgavinbell.com or at Mr. Gavin Bell over on Instagram, all your favorite platforms, and more than happy to answer any questions. I like Love that it. Mr. Gavin Bell. I think I might buy robtempleesquire.com. <laughs> you mean you don't already have it? <laughs> Lord Kennedy. Lord Kennedy, ruler and master. And you'll find all the show notes of all the things we talked about in this episode over at blog.responsesuite.com slash dialogue. So that's blog.responsesuite.com slash dialogue. Now, of course, if you've enjoyed this episode, which we know you have, make sure you pop over and subscribe on your favourite podcast player. That could be Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or any of the others that you can possibly think of. And, of course, you can check out the videos on YouTube as well, if you so fancy. That's it for another week. We'll see you next week. The Email Marketing Show. I'm going to 
rewrite my welcome email again. Are you going to do the same? Definitely. Um, right now. Don't spill that Coca-Cola.